0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome. My name is Mayal Rostami, and this is One True Temple. This is a podcast all about becoming more of who you really are. This is a podcast all about rediscovering your sacred inner world, because you are the temple. The temple is you, and it has always been you. I invite you to join me as together we take a step out of the illusion. I invite you to join me as together we walk hand in hand into the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hello and welcome back to One True Temple. Thank you for tuning back into the program. It is episode number 22. Of the podcast. It is Monday. It is the 30th of August and we are here. Welcome back to the temple. Happy Monday morning, everybody. It is 9 a.m. in sunny, beautiful Los Angeles where I am recording. I haven't recorded in a few weeks, but I'm happy to be sitting here and sharing some thoughts with you today. Thank you to everybody who has been enjoying the podcast. Thank you to everyone that has been gaining value and thank you to everyone that has been sharing it with others. I really appreciate it. I created this podcast as a way to experience freedom, to express, to step into my own being as opposed to my own doing This is a podcast that is really all about just connecting with your own oneness. To step out of the duality, the moment you step into the temple, you've exited duality. The moment you step into the temple, you've entered oneness. And if this is your first time listening to One True Temple, I would suggest that you come in and join us, but you leave yourself outside. Empty yourself. Stepping into the temple, you're allowed to just listen, you're allowed to contemplate, you're allowed to feel, you're allowed to be. There's nowhere else to be. Right now is all there is. This is the precious moment, the generous precious moment. I'm going to share some, some ideas that I've been really thinking about lately. I'm going to share some beliefs. And, yeah, I'm just going to jump right into it. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's time to surrender to miracles. It's time to be open to miracles occurring in your life. It's time to feel and know that these events are real. It's time to let go of any resistance and banish any doubt that miracles can happen and are happening. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's time to surrender to effortlessness. It's time to stop pushing so hard. It's time to realize that the art of living means going with the flow instead of trying to force the river. It's time to really just relax into the inner tube and let the river take you. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's time to surrender to spirit. It's time to realize that once you've done everything that you can to achieve what you're out to achieve. It's time to turn the situation over to the divine. It's time to let spirit work its magic for you. I just read that from, I have a deck of cards here. It's called the power of surrender. It's a 52 card deck, all about transforming and letting go because we all have things to let go. I believe that there's really nothing to be And I also believe that there's really nothing to unbe, there's no becoming, there's no unbecoming, it's just being, it's just, you know, I got to tell you, I've been having some really crazy experiences lately, and this may not make sense, I can't really just talk to anybody about this, but I'm going to talk to you about it. If you've ever seen the Avengers or any of the Thor movies, it's really, I think it's really more in the Avengers. In one of the threads of the movies, the Marvel movies that introduce the Reality Stone, well, there's a scene in the Avengers where uh, the 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 bad guy, right? The his name is Thanos. There's this moment where he just snaps his fingers and reality literally just dissolves. I've been having these moments where I recognize the fact that. I'm observing all of this, it's like I step back into that witness, that awareness that's before my own eyes, the awareness before my own awareness, the thing that's looking before the one who I believe is looking. The moment I step into that, I see how all of this is just a play. I see how all of this is just an illusion. I see how all of this. And I don't mean to downplay it. I don't mean to like depreciate it in any way. It's a very beautiful illusion. It's a very seamless illusion. It's a very persuasive illusion. It's a miraculous illusion, but it's an illusion. And the moment I realize that when I have that like recognition of that, it's like, I've been experiencing visually watching the whole thing dissolve. And I know that sounds really crazy, but it's just reaffirming The fact that I'm onto something, I get it. It's this whole thing is, is a very beautiful play. And like Thanos says in the movie, reality is whatever I would like it to be. I know that sounds kind of hard to really grasp and internalize because our humanist wants to be like, well, no, this is my reality. These are my situations. This is my circumstance. This is my environment. I can't choose how I want it to be. Well. You can, and it's called an interstate. I get that everything going around outside of you is trying to tell you what your reality is and what your life is and what you're experiencing feels to you through the sensory factors. All the things that you're seeing, you're hearing, you're smelling, you're tasting, you're touching. It's easy to let the outer try to tell you that. But when I say reality is whatever I would like it to be, I'm talking about your inner state, your inner reality, because that's all there really is. You're really just experiencing experience and you're the observer of it all. So what do I want to talk about on the show? On this episode, I want to talk about a lot of things, actually. Um, Let me see here. So some main points, I want to talk about spiritual energy, combusting spiritual energy. I want to talk about the analogy of the prism, a very beautiful analogy I recently heard. I want to talk about first and second awakenings. So, I mean, let let me just jump right into it. Before we get started, I want to read something to you. I want to read you something by the Yoga Vashishta. And here is what this yogi said. All of these worlds are no more than modifications of our own consciousness. In the infinite consciousness, we have created each other in our fancy. We create worlds as the natural expression of our own being. Hallucinations become reality when experienced by many, even as a statement made by a very many people is accepted as truth. When these are incorporated into our lives, they acquire their own reality. After all, what is the truth concerning the things of this world, except how they are experienced in our own consciousness? Enlightened beings, although they are constantly engaged in activity, do nothing. The enlightened being's inner state is, even though I am constantly engaged in activity, I do nothing. All happens, living happens. There is nothing to cling to or grasp, nothing to renounce or run away from. I've said this before, it's just you and the universe. And in the same way, this all what I just read by the Yoga Vashishta, it it all hinges on something that I've created as a cornerstone to this podcast, which is the idea, the truth that is everything that you are experiencing, your entire outer reality is a direct reflection of your inner state. It's a direct reflection of your emotional state. It's a reflection of your thinking, your thoughts, all of it, all of it. And when people say that you can change your reality, when people say that you can change your circumstances or situations or environment, what they're really saying is this entire play, this entire experience is actually just responding to you. It sounds kind of weird, but I'll use like a, I'm going to use like a small scale example. If you, if you are standing in line waiting to, um, get to the register or something or talk to the, the person behind the counter. If you can really check in with yourself and if you can just shift into a state of being that is just emanating happiness, just emanating warmth. I've done this before a lot, actually, you know, when you walk up to that cash register and you have the cashier behind the counter and you come from a place of love, if you come from a place of the, the inner energy that you have. If you come from a place of completeness and wholeness, it's funny how people respond to you in the same way. Oh man, there's this quote that I want to share with you by a Persian philosopher named Shams Tabrizi. And here's what he said. He said, this world is like a mountain. Your echo depends on you. If you scream good things, the world will give it back. If you scream bad things, the world will give it back. Even if somebody says badly about you, speak well about him. Change your heart to change the world. That The mountain is always echoing back whatever it is that you're expressing, whatever it is that you're putting out. I don't think that's any surprise to you at this point. It might make you go, okay, then the name of the game is just come from my own inner place and the world will respond. Well, what if the world doesn't respond the way that you prefer? Maybe that just leads to the fact or points its arrows to the fact that maybe you're still dependent on a certain outcome. Maybe you're still dependent on a certain response. You have to realize that all this is just, you're observing your own humanness again, because when you're living from that place of emptiness, when you're living from that place of your own inner being, when you're connected with that space, when you're in the temple, when you just are. When you just are doesn't need a response when you just are, it doesn't hinge. It's self worthiness or it's self esteem or it's value on how others respond to it. When you're coming from that place, when you identify with the person, when you're in your, your identity, when you're in your ego, the ego does have absolute motives. And so when those motives aren't meant, the ego is hurt. The ego is affronted. Again, all observable. You can observe this happening. You could literally watch this playing out in your own life. And if you could watch it playing out, then what is this if not just a play? What is this if not just something that you're observing? So first main point that I want to talk about on the show today is the idea of spiritual fuel the idea of spiritual fuel what do i mean by that well here's what i mean um i wrote this down and i want to share it with you this is uh this kind of this came to me and it was just like whoa i wrote this down and i want to share it with you so you and I have practices. You and I have rituals. You and I have things that we do to detach ourselves from this humanness. Some of these things include meditation. Some of these things include sitting and listening to the masters and the sages in what what is called satsang. Um, one of these things is being in that state of flow where time doesn't seem to exist. It could be yoga. It could be a dieting way of life. It could be veganism. It could be ceremony. It could be plant medicine. There's a long list of things that we can call spiritual practices, but the food that we get from our spiritual practices are not really intended to stay in the fridge. Does that make sense? Now I I say this because I've realized a lot about myself that I've just been stocking my spiritual fridge. I've just been putting things in the fridge. What the reality is, is that it, all this stuff that we're collecting from our spiritual practices, it's really intended. It's not really intended to stay as a concept, like conceptual nourishment. All of it must be combusted into spiritual force. Now you might ask, what is spiritual force? I can't answer that for you. You have your own level of uniqueness. That is able to express your own personal signature of spiritual force. My personal signature of spiritual force is the podcast. This is me converting my conceptual nourishment, all the food that I've gathered and collected in my own spiritual practices that I've put in the fridge. This is a byproduct of taking that out and cooking it and consuming it and making it a part of my being, there's a difference just, just because you meditate and you clear your mind, this isn't converting it into spiritual force, unless you're doing something with what you've done as a result of clearing your mind. Meditating is just literally stocking your fridge. How are you using that spiritual force in your life to trust that all of this was made for you? That all of this is reflecting back to you, that this physical reality is your playground, this illusion is your place to experience. So what is it for you? How are you converting your conceptual nourishment into spiritual force? This is the big question that I have for you. Another thing that I want to talk about is the, I mentioned the analogy of the prism. The analogy of the prism now I heard this, I heard this metaphor. I heard this analogy and oh my God, it just, it makes so much sense. You know, on this show, I talk a lot about this. I talk about how you are not a human being with a soul. You are a timeless, immortal soul, having a human experience, a very temporary human experience at that. And if you think about it like this, most people through conditioning, through what we're taught are taught to believe that you are the prism that's you. Now the reality, I mean, if you look at a prism, you don't know want a prism. When light enters the prism, it projects all the colors of the spectrum, literally every single strand of color. You are the prism. You're those colors are the expressions of your humanness of of who you are at a physical identity level at an emotional level at an energetic level. But you know what the real truth is? You are not the prism at all. You are actually that colorless light that comes into the prism. That is what you are. That is your true being. I've said this before. This is not about discovering who you are, but what you are. This is the place of real power. This is the place of real understanding. This is the place of enlightenment, getting to know what you really are. You would never hear this phrase out and about in the world. This doesn't come from those who are asleep and I'm not trying to create this sort of awake asleep duality here. I'm not trying to talk down or, or anything on anybody. Because I I believe that I still am asleep in many ways. Or maybe I'm aware, but my humanness, my mind, which, you know, your mind, you've befriended your mind your entire life. And when it realizes that you've realized that you've recognized that your mind has been playing a lot of tricks on you, it will fight back. It will fight back to keep its regime. It doesn't want to be dethroned. But once you get it, once you, you step more into that place of what you are, as opposed to who you are, something really does fight back until it stops fighting altogether. That moment is... That's that's really close. That's really, really close right now. What's another idea that I want to share? Um, for, I, oh, this is really good. I, I heard another concept recently about first and second awakenings. And the way this is described as basically your first awakening is when you realize that you are not a human being with a soul. You're having a a very human experience from a different place. You get it. Your first awakening is like, whoa, there's something going on here beyond what I can physically see. There are different levels to this. That's your first awakening. You realize that this is one plane of reality, one plane of consciousness, the 3D. And this 3D plane of consciousness, it's interesting because this is the the commonality that all of us share here. We're all here bound or time bound in these temporary bodies. So everything on this physical plane seems to happen as the body. But when you start to see, you're like, whoa, okay, I get it. Like there's more happening here. There's a little bit more to what meets my eyes. Something beyond my understanding is at play. What happens is your first awakening gives way to what is called a second awakening and a second awakening is basically this. You stop caring as much. You're you're going with the flow of life. You've let go of outcome. You're surrendering to the moment. You trust life and where it takes you. You're relaxing into that inner tube and you're just letting the river take you where it needs to take you and you can just be the experiencer you start to realize that there's nothing to really do. It's like what I read by the, the yoga Vashishta. He's like, you know, the spiritual beings, although they, they seem like they're doing a lot, even though they look like they're engaged in activity, their inner mental and emotional and energetic state, that place connected with consciousness and God is saying, I do nothing. Everything is happening, but I do nothing. Living happens. I don't have to cling or grasp to anything. I don't have to become anything or unbecome anything. So this second awakening, I'm telling you, this is like a big one for me right now. I I am carrying a lot less. I'm carrying far less and it's bringing me closer to doing my work to combusting more spiritual fuel. Whatever that work is, I'm not really sure yet, but I'm not in any hurry to find out. I don't have any outcomes anymore. I don't have any needs for a result. I don't have any plans. I'm just being, I'm just in an state of being, oh my God, I forgot to light some sage, let me light some sage. So those are some main thoughts that I wanted to share with you. I want to go into a few more things. I want to share some beliefs with you. The first thing that I want to share with you is that I believe that your spiritual DNA is perfect. I believe that it requires no modification at all and no improvement. You're going what I thought we we're supposed to improve every day. And I thought we were supposed to get better and better. That's your humanness, dude. That's your personhood. That's the conditioning that you bought into. That currently you're not that great and you got to get better. You need to get better. Oh my God. So I, I, you know, there's a band that I like, um, eighties band called tears for fears, you've probably heard of tears for fears. I want to read some, I want to read some lyrics that I wrote down. Like, holy shit. I can't believe this was in one of their songs. This was big. Here's what they say in the song, mother's talk by tears for fears. It says, it's not that you're not good enough. It's just that we can make you better. Given that you pay the price, we can keep you young and tender. What a very 3d set of lyrics it's not that you're not good enough it's just that we can make you better let me play a clip of it it's not that you're not good enough it's just that we can make you better given that you pay the price we can keep you young and tender following the footsteps of the So yeah, we've bought into a lot of lies. In fact, I believe that in this 3D reality, we're living more lies than we are truths. Isn't that shit crazy? Every day we're living more lies than we are truths. We're experiencing more lies. But again, this is all observable. You can view this from a different place. When you step back into that awareness, the witness that's watching all of this play out, you kind of get it it makes a lot of sense like wow yeah a lot of conditioning and a lot of the result of conditioning is going on here so it's hard to deta- it's it's really hard to detach from all this because it's all we've known humanness is everything that we've known since our somebody training as Ram Dass puts it our somebody training taught us how to be this person and the irony is we are actually intended to wake up from this person. Isn't that shit crazy? I mean, consciousness creates some really, really beautiful, complex, intricate challenges and and riddles and puzzles to solve here on planet Earth. This another thing that I've heard uh, recently by one one other uh, master, one other sage that I love named Darlenka, who channels, Bashar, Daryl Inca often says, earth is a masterclass. This is where you come to master everything. This is where you come to experience being a physical body in its fullness. So you can experience it. I, I don't mean to say that, you know, it's wrong to experience anything, experience all of it, but experience it from a different place. So some other thoughts and beliefs that I want to share with you, there are no certificates in spirituality and there are no graduations. Does that mean that this just keeps going on and on and on? It does. But it also means that when you figure something out, you know, the secret spirituality police don't just show up out of nowhere and they're like, congrats, you got that one. That's a big one. Um, let's explain it in full for you. And then you can integrate it into your life, and then we're gonna disappear, and you're just gonna continue to live life. You know, the men in black don't show up. Um, typically, in those moments, those common hours where you you just like really get why you are the way that you are, when you start to understand why you're being this, why why this this human body does what it does, and how you can tie it all back to what you've learned. Um, yeah, the only, the only aha moment comes internally and it's registered internally. That's it. And, you know, because there are no certificates or graduations, no wonder why people aren't drawn to this. They can't physically show, you know, the, the fruit of their labor, right? But you can, that's the irony. You can actually show the fruit of your labor by being, by combusting that conceptual nourishment into spiritual force. You don't like you, you don't need to explain anybody, you don't need to explain to anybody why you're happy. Happiness just is. You don't need to, to go through your life story with people and say, you know, I was unhappy, and like then I realized not only who I am, but what I am, and, and this is why I'm happy now. You you don't need to go through any of that. You don't need to explain anything to anybody. You just need to be. You just need to exist. And one of the other things I love that Bashar says, Daryl says, is that everything is perfect because you exist and creation doesn't make any mistakes. You exist and that's why you're perfect. You exist and that's why you're whole. You exist. That's why you're complete. That's why you're valuable. Creation just doesn't make things for no reason. Another thing that I want to share with you is that the more that you relax into your heart, the more you begin to navigate by spirit and less by projection. What is projection? Projection is everything that sources itself from the false self. Projection is living from your 3D physical body. It's 3D physical conditioning and Projection, living from projection is literally living from the illusion. It's living from Maya without internalizing that it is all just a play. But the more you relax into your heart, the more that you begin to really navigate by the true navigator, which is God consciousness, which is source, which is the universe. Universe is just playing itself out through you. The universe has created the sense of another, other people, us, them, me, you. And oh my God, that word you is, that is a portal to duality. The concept me and the concept you. It's just literally two things, splits all this apart. When, when you get it, when you really get it, you realize how every single thing here, everything is absolutely connected. Another idea that I want to share with you is that you have to reflect on this over and over again until it feels obvious. You have to just reflect on this over and over again until it just feels obvious to you. I've realized I've really like seen myself become more simple in my approach to this. I realized that like earlier in the podcast, I had so many ideas and so many concepts and so many thoughts and I wanted to break it down cognitively and that's not even necessary anymore. I can just be peace. I can be silent and you will get it. Realize that it's just about being simple now. I don't necessarily mean like a simple way of life. I just mean a simple approach, a simple way to explain and express Once you really start to see how time binds us all here, this concept called time is the one thing that makes this human body feel urgent and feel like this state of scarcity and stuff. Um, once you evaporate this illusion called time, it's not very hard to just be, but really you got to contemplate, you got to reflect on the simple nature and the simple approach that I'm having with you until it is really, really obvious to you what I'm talking about. So another idea I want to share with you is the idea that, you know, you get to a point in your spiritual development, in your spiritual journey, where, um, you stop relating as much to family, uh, maybe certain family members especially certain friends, people that, you know, places that you've worked institutions that you were once a part of. Um, and that's okay. That's completely fine. That's allowed to be like that. It doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. That doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. That doesn't mean that you've gone off on the wrong path. All this just confirms that you're on the absolute right path and you're exactly where you needed to be. Last episode, I mentioned a Hafiz quote where he said, Wherever you are right now, at this current moment, is a place that God circled on a map for you. I believe that a lot. If you really make peace with where you are, if you really make peace with what you are, and all these experiences that have just been aligned perfectly to show you that, you know, that you're right where you need to be at the perfect place, which is right now, which is in this present moment. But I mention this because, you know, even though you can't really relate like the, the conversations that you have with certain people aren't nourishing anymore. Um, that's okay. What I want to really say to you is that at a certain point, uh, you're not going to even be able to keep company with your own mind. Isn't that shit crazy? Once you get to a certain point, even your own mind is a place of conversation that doesn't nourish you. Now you could probably think of a person or people in your life where if they told you what to do and gave you opinions and instructed you on how to, how to set out on whatever it is that you're doing. You would not do any of that. You would not listen to it. You would, you'd probably nod to be cordial and polite, but you would not internalize and carry any of it out. Uh, You will get to a certain point where you will be the same way with your mind. I guarantee you that 100 fucking thousand percent. So another idea is that, and I, this is something I heard Muji say, this is beautiful, he says, The mind can solve, but the heart can dissolve. The mind is able to solve a lot of things, but the heart is the only place that is able to dissolve all these things, all these concepts. If there is a state of being empty, the mind has a great, great way of making you full, full of emotions, full of dramas, full of challenges, full of uncertainties, but the heart can dissolve all that. Love dissolves all that. Being in a place of, of pure love, true love, is able to dissolve everything there. Another idea is that you are a witness of your mind. Your mind is just a witness of your false self. Your mind can only communicate with your false self. It only knows the ego identity that you've created and constructed and believed in. That's all it knows. That's all it has to interface with. You drop being a person, the mind has nothing to interface with anymore. The mind has nothing to use as leverage. The mind has no sources for its tactics. Isn't that funny? That's funny how that works. So I wrote this down, um, with regards to that spiritual combustion that I mentioned. And what I wrote down is I just wrote down spiritual energy and I wrote down, you know what a poor use of spiritual energy is. It's trying to change people. A poor use of spiritual energy is trying to change people because when you set out on trying to change people, you've unconsciously created an outcome or a desired end state that says, when they are changed then i have done what i wanted to do or i've done what i've set out to do this is a very poor use of spiritual energy again your being the i the isness that space before you that's observing you and observing you observe all of this it doesn't have any outcomes it doesn't have any motives does it have any desired end states Does it have anything that it needs to check and balance in order to confirm it, its existence? No, a poor use of spiritual energy is trying to change other people. An effective use of spiritual energy is working at breaking the habit of going back to your personhood An effective use of spiritual energy is directing your spiritual force on the very thing or things that cause you to habitually go back and identify as this human being, this person. Another idea that I want to share with you is that we are all living and experiencing answered prayers. I know that probably sounds very hard to believe, but it's true. It's absolutely true. You prayed that this would be your life one day on some real shit. You really did. You prayed that what you're experiencing would come into manifestation. And it has, again, your mind is being sneaky as I'm saying this because it's shining a light on all the things that you don't prefer, but look at the total picture. We really are living and experiencing answered prayers right now in this moment, in this moment right now. This is a result of an answered prayer. I want you to think about that and then you can really see how powerful you are. Some final thoughts here that I want to get through is so, you know, one of the things I talked about earlier in the episode was that we all have these places and things that we go to and consult for our own spiritual nourishment breathing techniques, going to gem stores, sitting in on an angel therapy session, having Reiki done on yourself, trying plant medicines. All these journeys into self are all meditations. We could call all of them meditations, but you know what the highest meditation is? The highest meditation is not to try to be the self. The highest meditation is to break the persistence Of going back to the non self. The highest meditation is to break the pattern of going back to that false identity. The highest meditation is the ability to just cut the cord from whatever it is that causes you to go back into personalization. You could be a person. What I am, what the perspective that I'm sharing here is be the person. But observe you being the person. It really takes a lot of taking it personal out of being the person. The highest meditation, you know that you know what the point of all meditation is? You know what the point of all spiritual practices are? Um, it's to trim away everything that is false. You can't just keep meditating for the rest of your life. I know that's yeah, I'm saying that. I'm fucking dead ass serious when I say that. You can't just keep meditating for the rest of your life. You will have your own personal journey that will direct you to different forms of meditation. Um, But the point of all these spiritual practices is to just be when you're not spiritually practicing. To just literally be. They can help you come back to a, a place of being centered but the, the goal of literally sitting down, closing your eyes, breathing yourself into that place, and then finding the stillness, you know what the goal of all that is? It's to come to the end of all that. It's to literally come to the end of all that. So that as you live your life, your life is like a walking meditation, but you're conscious, your eyes are open. You're experiencing it all, but you know that you are not the one experiencing it all. You are something higher than that. You are something greater than that. So, some another final thought here before I wrap up the show. Um, you know, the last I, I mentioned the last episode that I recorded was a couple weeks ago because you know I just gotta say like I've gone through some some ideas and I've gone through some like realizations that have told me you know the world kind of doesn't really need more teachers. What the world really needs is more people who are embodying what they've been taught. That's what we need. I mean, everything that I'm talking about is out there. Everything that I've said has already been said. The only thing that I say to that is it just hasn't been said by me. You know, there hasn't been like an original thought in thousands and thousands and thousands of years but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of ways to uniquely express your own originality. And that there's a part of me that's like, dude, like, you know, everything is out there. I've read things from the Avaduta Gita. I've read some on this episode. I read some, uh, yoga Vashishta. I've mentioned Bhuji. I've mentioned countless spiritual teachers I've mentioned ideas that have come from them, not from me. It's all out there. Um, So I'm, I'm really, really starting to see how like the world really doesn't need more elaborate teachers. We just need more people that are elaborately embodying what they've been taught. And when I say elaborately, I mean so elaborate that it just finally becomes simple. I think that's why like I'm just taking a more simplified approach to all this not only my life, but how I view my life, how I'm experiencing my life and how I'm doing this podcast. Um, I don't really need to be complicated to share this truth with you. I don't need to go through, uh, mental exercises. I don't need to jump through cognitive hoops. Um, that just appeals to the mind and it keeps the mind as the the driver more when I just come from a place of heart and love and just being, you get it, you get it. Last idea here I have for you is I want to just ask you a question. Um, my question for you is, do you think it's any coincidence why no two mirrors reflect the exact same version of you back to you why do no two people perceive the exact same version of you you know we we live our lives through we we live like hermetically sealed in our mind with ideas about what everyone thinks about us did you know that no two people share the same exact opinion or view of you yet we're convinced or i should say our mind convinces us to believe uh, that everybody views you the exact same way how false is that but really think about it do you, you think it's any coincidence why have you ever noticed that like the mirror that you have in your bathroom is not the same mirror that reflects your image back to you in your bedroom and it's not the same mirror it's not the same reflection in your car It's not the same reflection in your bathroom at work. It's not the same reflection when you're at a friend's house and you go to the bathroom and and you use their mirror. They're all different reflections. And you know, what's really, really just subtle and beautiful. When you look closely enough, you will see how everything is a metaphor for consciousness. All of it, every single part of it is all a metaphor for transcending what's actually going on here. It's all a metaphor for how interconnected all of it is with you. So thanks again for listening to the podcast. I love you very much. I look forward to sharing more. All these ideas, all these things I write down, I'm very happy that they're valuable to you. And let this just be my practice. This is my sadhana. This is my spiritual force manifesting itself. I look forward to recording soon. Thanks again and be well.